Hi, I'm John Bryce. I live in Albemarle County, Virginia, where my wife is running for school board. She's a frustrated mom who lost all faith that our school board actually had our children's best interests at heart. And this is her story. All right, Meg, I'm not going to lie. Things are pretty stressful around here. It's been a, it's been a rough few months and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, you know, it's not that it's it your was, fault. It's, you, it is a little t- bit my fault. You it's, told me to do this. It's not that, it's not that life was like, you know, the easiest thing in the world before you decided to run for school board, but um, it, it's, it's been a challenge. So I guess people, uh, people should know why exactly are you doing this? Cause uh, it's a lot of work for very little return right now. Um, What's motivating you? Why the heck are you doing this? Um, I'm doing it because my husband got sick of listening to me go on about uh, everything that I see wrong in our school district. <laughs> so, but we, I, 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 so he but said, that, I, I, but I, I do that about other other topics as well, and and you don't like. And I don't go to these. I to go run for office. So, <laughs> so what's going on here? Um. Okay. So. You know, I went to public school, K through 12. You and I bought this house to send our kids to Murray. Sure and, did. And we did. And we loved it. And I loved Murray so much that I was almost hesitant to tell people how much I loved it because I didn't want everybody flocking here and then, um, you know, overcrowding the school and having to be redistricted and, and things like that. I wanted to keep it our little secret how amazing it was. And and then COVID hit, and that that first spring, um, I, I think everybody kind of like gave the district a pass, you know, right. like nobody knows what to do right now. And then by that summer, I was like, all right, what's the plan? You know, like how are we getting these schools open? Because you you know, as a cognitive psychologist, I was very concerned about prolonged school closures and what it meant for our kids learning and what it meant for all kids because our kids admittedly were some of the lucky ones um and and so that's when I started listening to school board meetings and commenting at school board meetings and I got pretty frustrated because I felt like they weren't listening and um I saw just from comments from school board members, I'd hear them make a comment or ask a question that made it really clear that they hadn't read the material for the meeting, like they hadn't read the policy that they were supposed to be voting on. And and I remember one meeting in particular where a doctor came and and spoke about um, school reopening. And at the end of the meeting, one of the school board members asked a question that made it clear that the whole, like, the whole point of his talk just completely went over her head. And, um, and I was like, my gosh, they're not listening. Like they, yeah. and, um, and that was at the point where there, I mean, I think it was actually two different doctors and they were, they were presenting like serious data and showing right. why it was safe to reopen. Meanwhile, the private schools all around us were business as usual, you know, kids were wearing right. masks, but they were all reopened and right. Hey, they didn't have any big problems. And those kids, you know, Right. Got an education. And I just felt like there was a real, not just a lack of urgency on our school board's part to reopen, but um, uh, a refusal to listen to people and 
they were very dismissive of parents' concerns. And I found, I saw that pattern through COVID and then through, um, through, through various other issues. Like I just kind of saw this pattern of like, they're not listening and they don't seem to be concerned about the things that parents are concerned about. So um, that, that winter, you and I started considering private school and, um, and, and made the change the following year, which was something that no parent takes lightly. It's not easy to pull your kids out of school where they've made really good friends, where they love their teachers. It, it's not easy to do that. And it's also I, not easy financially. It's also not easy financially. Um, I shed many tears over that. Um, you know that Kate did as well. I mean, it, it, it was hard, but ultimately we did it because we just had lost so much trust in the people running our district. We we felt like we couldn't trust the school board and the superintendent to have our kids' best interests at heart. And it's pretty hard to stay in a school system when you've, when you've experienced that loss of trust. So... Fast forward, our kids are at a different school, and I felt some relief, um, you know, you know, not feeling like I had to like stay on top of everything at school board meetings and constantly be in touch with my school board representative and all that. And um, and and I was, you know, kind of in my mind, I was like, it's nice not to have to worry about that anymore. And then um, at some point, I, I don't know, I just I was like, I do still have to worry about this because we are some some of the lucky ones to have been able to make a different decision when we felt like we needed to. And the fact is that most people can't. And I um, I see I see the problems in our district. I feel like nobody on the board is talking about them. And so I guess I just got sick of that and I got mad about it and was like, well, then I'm I guess I'll try to fix it. And um, that's why I'm running for school board, because we need somebody on the board who is going to fight, somebody who's going to push back on bad policies that have a losing record. And And I I want to point out just real quick, it's my understanding that, you know, we we were uh, we were among a lot of other people who did the same thing, right? Haven't haven't um, haven't a lot of people left ACPS? Yeah. Um, so they have to um, collect uh, like exit data from families who are leaving. You have to yeah. complete a survey and say, you know, where are that, you going? Right, yeah. like you're, that you're pulling your kids out and and whether you're going to. I think it says like whether you're going to homeschool. Um, a private secular school, private religious school. And, and um, so, so how, like, how many students are we talking? I've been leaving it, at CPS. It, it used to be, um, like ten years ago, those numbers would be somewhere between like five and seven hundred kids a year, and uh, now it's more like a thousand. Which I like per year, right? Per year leaving the system. And that's different than, so those are exit numbers. That's different than enrollment numbers. So while our enrollment maybe staying the same or even going up. That doesn't change the fact that like, you know, for the past few years, about a thousand kids have been leaving the district every year. So, you know, more, more people are moving into the school system, but it doesn't change the fact that a lot are choosing to leave and more than had been in the past. 
and I, I want to break that down just so, to make sure people can understand it. Cause I've seen some people trying to light you up on social media about this and, and claim that you're making up statistics and all this kind of stuff, which is garbage. Um, so let's, let's work through an example real quick. So let's say that, um, let's say there's this like mediocre taco restaurant in Charlottesville, right? And let's say that, uh, a thousand people visit this, this restaurant once a month. You can think of that as enrollment, right? Right. But then, 500 of them learn that the owner acts like Donald Trump on social media. So they go somewhere else instead next month. 50% of patrons just left. That's the exit data you were just talking about. Enrollment would take a big hit, but let's just say that that taco restaurant is in a town with significant growth. So 700 new patrons show up, offsetting all those who left. Right. Now enrollment is up 20% and looks pretty good, even though half of the original customers just stormed off. You know, that kind of thing can be sustainable for a little while, but eventually that network effect of all those people leaving and encouraging their friends to do the same overpowers new enrollment and the mediocre taco shop becomes unsustainable. As a school district, I mean, a public school school system is supposed to serve the public. So if you have, if you all of a sudden start seeing a lot more people leaving, you should be asking why. And you should be trying to fix that problem because clearly there's a problem. And, and that applies to, to teachers leaving. So um, the teachers that I know who have less, left recently say that they did not get an exit interview. They may have gotten an exit survey or questionnaire or something, uh, but not an exit interview. And I think a lot is lost when the district doesn't ask teachers, why are you leaving? Like, truthfully, why are you leaving? They just don't care. That's the problem. No, they don't care. And um, they're not I think part of it is like a lack lack of curiosity. Like they're you know like they're not curious about um, why surrounding districts recovered more quickly after COVID. They're not curious about the teachers that are leaving or the families that are leaving. It's almost this feeling of like good riddance, and um, that if you really cared about public schools, you would stay. And I, that that's simply not fair to the families who have made really difficult decisions to leave. We had a teacher uh, in our living room uh, pretty recently who said something to the effect of, you know, part of the problem is that the district has a chip on on its shoulder because it it was so good for so long and it was a, a place where everybody wanted to work, right? And right. so, you know, I think they still have that attitude of like, oh, we're Albemarle County, you know, right. and yeah. you know, why would anyone want to leave here, you know, and um, that's the wrong attitude to take. It's You're the wrong gonna, attitude and and eventually that reputation will be lost. And, and, and I think it, it is already. It's de- that's definitely not the reputation of bus drivers. Like, <laughs> bus drivers definitely don't want to work for our county. Okay. Um, I want to get to something that's, uh, you know, we've talked about, okay, so we pulled our kids out of, out, of, out of ACPS and they're going to private school now. Your opponent is always extremely quick to point out that all of her children are in public school, uh, whereas ours are not. And it's really interesting. Like I find, you know, and and not only your opponent, but it seems like they mention it in the paper every time they talk about you as well. But I find that to be the strangest argument. That's that to me that they say, "Oh, she's not invested because her kids don't go to to public school." And like I, I just cannot wrap my brain around this because you know, 
the 99% of the other people who pull their kids out of, uh, out of ACPS and, and went to private school, they don't look back. They wash their hands of this. They say, thank God, I don't have to worry about that train wreck anymore. And, and, and that's that. Um, and then you are saying, well, yeah, I don't have to worry about that train wreck anymore, but, but I'm going to because it's the right thing and I'm going to work hard to fix that. So I, I just don't understand that argument of, you know, she's not invested because her kids aren't in the school system. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's just about you. I, I, I've heard people argue this about uh, other school board candidates and, and other uh, parts of the state, but people tend to jump onto this argument and it just does not make sense to me. What, does it make sense to you at all? Like, where is this coming from? Well, first of all, I, nobody ever, nobody that I talk to, like in real life has ever said that to me. Not okay. once. So, like, so never, this is just like a, I think a it's tactic on, from your opponent trying to make you look bad, basically. Right. And I think it's something on social media, like basically it's, it's messaging that hits well. And so, um, even though the logic's wrong, <laughs> that's what they're going to repeat. Well, and, and to be fair, I think part of it is that people love their schools and are, they're protective of them and, and they don't, they don't like, and actually, like, I felt that way during COVID when people were really, like, that first spring when people were really critical of um, how schools were handling online learning. I was like, actually, I think they're pretty, doing pretty well for, yeah, like. Given the circumstances. Right. You know, that spring, I was like, what more did you expect, you know? Like, this is right. unprecedented. They are not trained in this. And, um I felt very protective of, of our little school during that period. And I didn't like people who were so critical and who, who were quick to leave because it, it felt like an insult. So I do understand it to a certain point that people love their school and they, they, they want other people to love it too. But the suggestion that like, I don't care if I don't have my kids in public school, first of all, it's not something like people, you know, meet me in person, they can see that that's not true. I, in fact, in real life, the response that I get most often, like if I, if I've, if I have, um, our two and a half year old with me when I'm going out door knocking and I've just pushed her stroller like up somebody's driveway, and um, I look nothing like the picture on the card that I'm handing at somebody at the door <laughs> because I'm sweaty and gross. And somebody literally one time said to me, "Is this you?" Because I. <laughs> nothing like the glamour shot you know the person who who sees me in that context if it comes up that i don't have my kids in public school their reaction is like wow you don't have your kids in public school and you're out here doing this you you must really care so that's the reaction it it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you i think when people say that because i'm like you know you know in my in my day-to-day and people that i that i meet when i'm campaigning i don't get that response from them but but it does bother me like you know on a higher level that it kind of shows a um uh it's a very pessimistic view of public service because essentially people are saying why would you want to do this i don't trust you because unless you have some sort of like upside for you right unless it would directly benefit you and so it's like why would you want to do this your kids aren't even in the school and that i just find sad because then it's like well because i care about other other people's kids and i get it people don't believe that because they see me as a politician but um 
Which you're not. But, but I'm not. <laughs> and, and I think that's, and I think that that's just kind of a sad statement of um, how people view government. And which is, you know, not to say that it's not that politicians haven't earned that reputation. Sure, but, sure. Um, but this is school know, board. Right. And it's like, like, it's public service, you know? And so you, you do this because you care about something outside of yourself. It is a, you're trying to serve others, but people have, people have a hard time believing that, which is sad. Okay, I want to ask you another question that's relevant to this. How many of the current ACPS board members, um, the rest of the school board that are that are already there that got elected, how many of them have kids in public school? Um, I think it's three. The other wow. four, the other four, um, I, two of them had kids in ACPS, and I think graduated. But and I don't, I don't know about the others but yeah four of them don't have kids in public school which contradicts the 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 narrative that like you have to have kids in public school to know what's going on in public schools that's just you know that's silly because four of the current members don't but then also even if you have your kids in public school if you have your kids at brownsville henley and western you might know your kid's perspective at Brownsville, Hanley, and Western, but you don't know the perspective of all the other families at those three schools, and you know nothing about Woodbrook or Greer, which are very different schools. So um, even if you have your kids in the school, you still have to do a lot of work to know the district well. And that is the job of every school board member, regardless of whether you have kids in school or not. Like you've got to be willing to put in the time to visit schools, to talk to parents, to talk to teachers and administrators and get to know all of the schools in the district. So, you know, that's, that's a big job for anyone, regardless of whether you have your kids in a couple of the schools or not. When you think about it, I'm, um, I'm being critical of a lot of things and saying a lot of things that that people have been scared to say. And people criticize me for not having kids in public school. But do you know anybody with kids in public school who would be willing to do this? Okay, so this has been kind of a long time in the making. Um, what other reasons are there where that drove you to take this leap and to, and to run for school board? Um, I, I had no intention of running for school board, um, but I went on a local radio show podcast and, and, um, kind of, you know, talked about, talked about everything I'd learned about our district and the problems that I think that we have and the things that drove us to pull our kids out of the school system and I heard from a lot of people after I did that. And I realized that more people felt the way that we do than I had anticipated. And especially more teachers than I had anticipated. And the fact is that those people are scared to speak up. Because there's this feeling in the district that if you're not on board with all these policies, that like you're against us, you know, and you're a bad person if you don't like these policies. So that was part of the reason that I, you know, decided to run because 
those people feel like they don't have a voice. They're scared to speak up. I'm not scared. I think I would feel differently if we did still have our kids in public school. I think this would be a lot harder to do if we did, because I think... They might be treated unfairly or something, right? right? Well, no, I, I don't think teachers... I don't know any teachers. Not by would, teachers, but... Yeah. Right, yes, but maybe by other parents. I mean, there've, there's been some nastiness, and um, it, it would just be hard. So, um, you know, I, I don't know anybody with kids in public school who who could be as um, vocally critical as I have been. So I want to, you know, I, I guess I feel an obligation to give a voice to people who feel burned by the district. I'm John Bryce, and you've been listening to my wife, Meg Bryce, on the Meg Bryce for School Board podcast, which is, of course, paid for and authorized by Meg Bryce for School Board. If you like what you heard, I hope you'll continue listening and text this episode to at least three of your friends. Meg would be honored to earn your vote and grateful for even the smallest donation, which can be made by visiting megforschoolboard.com. Check the show notes for links, including charts to visualize much of the ACPS data Meg mentioned earlier, as well as a recording of the Crozet Town Hall Candidate Forum, where you can watch how Meg stacks up against her opponent. Early voting is already underway, and election day is November 7th. Vote for Meg to get ACPS back on track. <laughs>